This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? <laughs> One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. Hi, I'm Simon. This is Harry. Hi, this is Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm apparently herding cats. I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, May 16th, and this is episode 149, I think, in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Gray Area Podcast. We have two very special guests with us today. It is Ubisoft Day in our world. So first, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Simon, who's going to kind of intro himself and tell you about his game that he's working on. Hi, I'm Simon Davis. I'm the design manager on Ghost Recon Phantoms. So it's a free-to-play shooter. It's out now on Steam. And Harry will be next. Go ahead, Harry. Uh, hi, guys. I'm the Harry. I'm the QA lead on Just Dance, and uh, I can't dance to save my life. <laughs> He's also my hero because he stepped in the very last second because we had an opening, and it's super early for him. So uh, hmm. get out your wine, get out your beer, and let's have a good show. So Dungeon Master catches up on where we are currently, and you are a go. Well, I would be downloading the uh, game on Steam right now, but I'm having some computer issues. Otherwise, I would be busting out whatever I could find in terms of a sniper class, so hopefully I'll be able cool. to get to that later. How are we going to play this? I think we should as a group. Harry, I I'm think sorry, but there's not Just Dancing in my future. I, there is a video of me doing Just Dance, and it does not do justice, so therefore there shall be none of that. But uh, I, I have admittedly played Just Dance. Cool. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Now, the fun part is, is that neither Simon or Harry have ever listened to this podcast before. They don't have an idea of what's going on, so this is going to be a fun explanation right. for them. Um, the past two episodes have been dealing with Cesar and Xanatari. By the way, Cesar is off uh, due to a real-life vacation this week. He'll be back next week. Um, they've been on the way to the Kalashtar homeland so that Xanatari can try and drop off some of her memories before she gets killed or whatever it is that uh, she fears. Yep. And uh, they stopped at an inn and had a very interesting encounter with a large group of animals, some ferrets stealing stuff, and rats with giant needles that were trying to impale people uh, through the heart from underneath their beds as they slept. There's mysterious porcupine things that were in a portal, and overall, they think they saw the culprit riding off, but there was a great deal of magic involved, probably mass charm animal, Something along those lines, but um, they have since lost track of their quarry. For the sake of this episode, since Cesar's not around, he probably uh, fell asleep in his saddle. He's off wandering somewhere. But he's kind of an old man. But um, what you'll find is that uh, we'll bring him in next week and find some way to explain where the hell he's been. So. Uh, just random old man mutterings as you go along, and you'll feel just at home. Xanatari, putting you into the hot seat, because you have had many, many times, uh, talked about the wonderful land of Kal... Wait, you haven't. Uh, the land of Kalashtar. You get to, as uh, you've been traveling for a while now, we're sort of fast-forwarding in case we want to go back and throw any uh, other adventures in. You are cresting whatever hill, forging whatever veil, whatever, whatever. You see in the distance the borders of the Kalashtar homeland. What does that sort of look like? Okay, well, since the Kalashtar are made up of sort of two races blended together, um, the quarry and whatever other race to make Kalashtar, and they've you know, eons of accumulated knowledge in their minds. I'm going to think that they're going to go back to the simple ways of things because uh, maybe they've tried everything and it's sort of one of those, like, go back to their roots kind of thing. 
So uh, as you come out of the woods, you'll probably see a higher elevation and maybe some cliffs. And inside the cliffs, there will be carved out uh, different houses and sort of pillars and arching columns and things like that um, to, to keep you warm and cool because this is one of those sort of like the East Coast regions where there's weather. Okay. Uh, so does this mean that um, this would be a standard peripheral village? to uh, the homeland, or would this be something specific, and then maybe on later on down the line, as you reach more towards the center of the homeland, you'd see something different? I think because it's similar to a canyon, the further you walk in, uh, the narrower it's going to get until you come to some sort of giant gate, and that would open up into whatever the center of the you know, homeland, as you call it, is, or a pass. It's almost like a pass to the mountains. <laughs> um... Simon and Harry, just to let you know, uh, Xanatari is a battle priest. Her deity is unnamed, but it has something to do with thunder and lightning. It's very, very frightening. It's not my fault. <laughs> and uh, she is riding a pretty dumb yet somewhat loyal warhorse. Clydesdale. His name is Clyde. So creative. Yes. He He's... Not kind of, you know, all that much fun. But she does have, tagging alongside her, uh, a very large dire wolf. Now, if you think about the size of a regular wolf in the real world, this one's probably about three times as big and has bony armor plating coming out of it. It seems to be pretty loyal to her, much more so than the horse. The older man that is riding with her is on a sort of steampunk mechanical squirrel. Okay. That, that's what he's riding. Xanatari, um, coming up ahead, do you have any sort of uh, idea if the Kalashtar have certain signs or signals that need to be given from distances away, otherwise they pack up and hide or charge out and swarm? You know, bring, 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 us, bring, us, in, bring us properly into the lip of the canyon. Well, I'm going to think that because, you know, we have limited mind link, so you can basically sense people kind of at least presence of living things around you up to five squares, that I'm probably going to not need a general, like, coo coo kind of call to really uh, get somebody's attention for that. Okay. Because the five squares is about 25 feet or so. So I wasn't sure if there was anything else that you had to do along with that. And there's our co-GM for the night. Late as usual. Okay, so you go riding in. Anything in particular that you are keen to do or prepare or warn Tezra about? Um, well, because this is sort of one of those, we don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I've just kind of been like summoned home like an errant child. You know, come back home because your hard drive's full, essentially. Um, I think I would be somewhat cautious because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's more forceful or voluntary. Okay. Um... Let's start with Harry, since uh, I should say both of you have been drafted. You haven't had any character sheets. Um, in fact, one of you has never even seen a character sheet, which is pretty cool. Harry, what would you like to play? Well, what kind of class? I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the power of the light, so uh, anything paladiny, cleric. Okay. I think, a, I think a paladin would be nice. Okay. A paladin of anything in particular, or just a paladin of the light? Let's go with Pan of the Lights, because it's cliche, cheesy, and silly. Okay, fine. Okay, and Simon, what would you like to play? That's a very good question. Um, I did a little bit of research. Apparently the option of being a noble is open to me. Okay, if you would like to be a noble, we will work our way through that. A noble of anything in particular, or... You're just one of the snotty ones that don't have to go out and do so much work. Uh, I'm one of the one of the uh, one of the men of leisure. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of the snotty ones that doesn't do much. No. Um. Uh, what are my options? Well, depending on what your storytelling potential could be, you could be one of the city officials, or you could be one of the ones that has summoned Xanatari back for some reason, and you would have to have that info. Or... You could be a crazy old man by the fire telling children stories all day long. Back in my day, we used to do this. 
Why not? That sounds great. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you are you are the the crazy old man of leisure, the landed gentry proper. Okay. Henry, you have been assigned through some means or the other that uh, you are on guard duty. I'll go with Henry. Yeah. Harry. Is it Harry? <laughs> Harry, sorry. He's like the prince. <laughs> See, we've only just all met each other about five minutes ago, so I'll just start pointing randomly at Skype screens that don't yeah. matter to anyone else. So, You've been assigned to um, guard duty, and you're up near one of the uh, cliff ledges that rise up before the lip of the valley as it's going down, so you're probably a good 20, 30 feet up. There's a bit of an encampment. Um, probably the overall space is about 50, 50 feet in diameter. A couple other of you up there. And there as well, for some reason, because um, he happens to just get shoved there now and then, is Simon's character. Do either of you have names at this point in time? <laughs> yes, uh, you can call me Sinayon. Okay. I will botch that horribly in just a moment. That's why I always use it. Because it's okay. funny. Sanayon, <laughs> alright. And Simon? Um, okay. I'm trying to make sure I stay within the conventions of the uh, the naming. I'm guessing that you have a certain formula. Oh no. We have, Go with um, Derek. Yeah, what was the spider's name? Fluffy. Um, we had okay. Tim. We had. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Okay, so if I'm going to go for a typical kind of uh, gentrified name, it's got to end in, in turn, so it'd be something like Brabington then. Okay. <laughs> and I promise you, just like the other name, I will forget that by now. Just okay. Brab, but Brabington. For some reason, Brab uh, keeps getting shoved along with the paladins. Maybe somebody hopes that someday he will stop just babbling at the fire and so forth, and, and, and make something of himself or recapture some of his old youth, depending on his age. But um, both of you are up there. There's a couple other Kalashtar as well doing um, various things. You see on the horizon two figures that are approaching. They are out of direct group mine link range, but they definitely seem like they're going to um, be approaching the canyon. We will start with Simon. What will you do? That's a very good question. Um, I will turn to the uh, people around me and ask for a bit more information on the strangers, because my eyesight isn't quite what it used to be. Okay. Are you telling any sort of particular story at this point in time that's been interrupted? Yes, I'm telling them about the time that we were fighting uh, in my younger days and how times were so tough that all we had to eat were, were shoes. Because as a as an gentrified old man, my stories get progressively more and more ridiculous. So we subsisted on a diet of only shoes for a whole ten days, and the youngsters today have got it far too easy. Well, so so you had two sabers instead of one. That's correct. Yes, of course. All right. Very good. Okay. And what is the paladin up to? <laughs> he doesn't want to say your name. Well, so I'll, I'll just you know it'll be one. His secret. One, one, one destruction or another. Exactly. Well, um, as we gaze down on them, I can't detect that they're evil at all. So I'm hoping I'm correct. And um, at this moment in time, I have my trusty dog, Lando, with me, next to me. And he's also looking beyond making sure everything's fine. Um, so I think I'm just going to stick around and wait until they walk closer and see if we notice them having weapons, or if we see their intent. Okay. Um, you have a choice now. You can either roll an ins for insight, or you can roll a perception, if you would like. Insight is more what their actions could be. Perception would be trying to pick out weapons or some sort of telling bit that may give you some, some degree of knowledge before they are on top of you and you have to kind of scramble down a ladder or something. I think perception would work. Okay. Did you happen to have any dice 
at all with you. I'll roll for him. That works. That works. I do not have that. I have coins. <laughs> if only you could flip the coin. Okay. Does your coin <laughs> does, your, does your coin have a head side or a tail side? Hopefully both. England. <laughs> yeah, but I've got head and tails. I've got head and tails. I, I have a euro, as we call it in my land. <laughs> Sorry. Just... <laughs> no, it is a plane. It is only a plane. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this is why I don't like recording after a day of work. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, Xantari's going to roll for you, and you're going to flip your coin, and you're going to tell me heads or tails. Cool. Okay. Four. Okay. And I have heads. Okay. So we're going to treat that as a positive. So let's say that you have a 14 just because we're going to add arbitrary numbers and just completely <laughs> throw this thing off the rails. Why not? What you see is clearly an armed battle paladin. It is uh, bearing a sigil of faith on a shield, but it is not one that you recognize or that has a name within this community. The armor is clearly one that has been used. It does not look, however discarded like she pillaged it from a fallen warrior and is attempting to use it um, without training. There's clearly evidence of uh, a martial skill at play here. Right. Well, since um, it's a battle paladin, I can't really um, think evil of this person. We have to assume that hopefully uh, they also follow the righteous path. So I... I'm still going to try and stay cautious whilst they walk towards us and just be uh, ready to protect the um, noble next to me that doesn't really have any experience with much. Okay. Except shoes. He has lots of experience with shoes. Lord Bramington knows everything about shoes. Do you, do you ignore Lord Bramington's request for information or... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do I like, like him? It's a three let's, to one let's, here. Let, let's see. Don't know if I like him. Um, no. I'll give him this information. So, Lord um, Braddles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's good we can wait and uh, let them walk to us, and we can see if they try and attack. If they do, don't worry. I will save you. I think. Um, maybe. Also, the dog can bite their ankles, so we should be okay. Okay. Any response from the Lord? Uh, the Lord basically turns around and basically repeats everything that was just said to him, but as if it come from him. So yes, of course, they're they're well intentioned. Don't worry. If should they do anything wrong, I will save you. You're quite safe. Okay. Very good. Um, Zanatari, you are now close enough that you are starting to see figures on this rise, you know that you will have to encounter them before you are able to access the canyon. Okay. Um, prepared for such a thing. I would be quite concerned if I could walk right into the central heart of the Galishtar without being like, checked in any way. So, um, keep going. It's been kind of a long trip. She's tired, sitting on her stupid horse, riding towards you. Giant dire wolf at my side, probably full of briars and annoyed and growly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you are still keeping your weapon sheathed and all that other nonsense, correct? I'm not going to attack my own people quite yet. Okay. No random acts of lightning just for the sake of it? Nope. A showy spectacle? <laughs> a bit of flash, a bit of pomp. Um, I think the fact Little... that we killed an old god and that's about to be revealed to the entire collective mind of the Kalashtar is probably impressive enough. I think she's at this point like, kind of, don't hate me. So, she probably okay. doesn't want to show off the fact that she's electrocuted people by accident before. Okay, so, she, so she's not going to go up and be like... <laughs> da, 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 da. Let me get out. <laughs> Let me get out of Bert. 
and have him circle my head like a gigantic flashlight. Oh, actually, yes. By the way, I should I should point out to both of you. Um, there is a large. Uh, I believe we said it's about a foot long. Ion stone. Um, it's a uh, kind of a thin, slender rod. Looks like an obelisk, I guess, kind of um, deal that is floating around her head and uh, is casting a very bright white light. But I think she's probably got it subdued at this point to uh, not do that. But it just kind of orbits. I think like the staves in WoW. I don't play WoW. Well. She's going to get off the show right now. Think such of, a liar. Such a liar. <laughs> Think of the disco ball in Just Dance, but slower. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't play any music, sorry. That's, that's a bitch move. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Simon? Wild player? Uh, not a huge one. I got into it quite early, just to, uh, early on, but I was never quite as hooked on it as uh, a lot of the other guys. Okay. Or to shoot people with real guns. Exactly, yeah. Rather shoot people in the face. I meant in the game that kind of sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so um, to those on the rise, you see the uh, the stone go up around her head, and uh, intent-wise, you're able to pull off that uh, it does not appear that she is going to suddenly charge the encampment. But the um, fellow on the squirrel has uh, stopped at a distance and is holding back. Judging from the movements of the mount that he's on, which is apparently some sort of mechanical squirrel type thing, um, he may have fallen asleep in the saddle, and it may just be kind of going to randomly wander around the field now. Poor squirrel. Yep, well, it won't get tired. So you can clearly see that it's a uh, female, and you have your group mind links up in terms of being able to communicate. You're starting to get a feeling that the person approaching may be a member of the Kalish Tar, but uh, not one that you have encountered before, and clearly not one that has been residing within the encampments. Um, for the time that either since uh, Lord Brabington has been talking about shoes, you know, predates his return from some great adventure. And then as far as uh, the paladin goes, well, guess what? You don't remember her either. Do you wish to head down and challenge her or challenge her from on high? <laughs> I get to be like that. Well... I think uh, I'd like to go and challenge her, walk towards and make a presence. Okay. Do you, do you manage to do the paladin um, pimp climb down the, the ladder, or do you just get head down the ladder and... <laughs> Paladins float down on the clouds that surround them at all times, you know that. Their ego is With loftier. Their ego is loftier than law. Oh, God. Hmm. I think I'll, uh, a ma- majestic jump down in front would look right at this point in time. So you want to jump down 25 feet? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and then heal myself on the way down. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Fresh your legs and then instantly heal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Simon. Yeah. If you have a coin... I do, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, Zenitari, you're going to call heads or tails. If it is heads, and when Simon flips, um, there is a catastrophic something that happens on the fall. Or tails, uh, you know, something else will happen. So wait, you're telling me... Okay. Go ahead. All right, let's see. Tails. It's heads... Look, it's even got a heady thing, a cat. Okay. There you go. Well, Minotauri, you are riding up, you are taking your time, and you see this armored figure that has clearly been watching you now for a while as you've approached, mm-hmm. stand to full attention. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly a man 
of the military. <laughs> so confident, so robust, <laughs> so full of holy hot air that Jules Verne could have harnessed it to power the time machine that sent him back in time. And he proceeds to turn, say something to someone that is out of just out of view, and proceeds to walk off the side of the cliff. <laughs> Not breaking eye contact with you the entire way down. Uh-huh. Now, because he has not been able to give him the command to himself to say, at ease, he lands like a lawn dart. <laughs> okay. In the slightly muddy, damp ground, and manages to stay upright, if at a slight angle, as he sort of lands up to about his ankles, in his armored boots, into the ground. There is a brief look of pain that starts to etch its way across his face, but he does remain at attention. Um, You sense that there is great discomfort. Xantari's eyes are going to continually widen as he falls from the cliff right in front of her and shakes the ground as he lands, and then she's going to look at him, half wink, and go, How you doing? Well, uh, I think um, I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, kind of wishing that I invented the parachute right now. No safe fall for you? No. I, That's a spell you should invest in. That. It should, it should. But no, I, I believe in the light. Ooh, it will shield me. So, um, yeah, so I look at Zazari, I've got the name right, and point back and say, I'm fine. What are you doing here? I'm coming home. I've been instructed to do so by Corvus Dallas, who came looking for me in the forest, who was sent by the center of the, uh, of the city. <coughs> so, um, give me a second. I need to fix my legs. Um, just for- <laughs> okay. Ow. So he's doing that. Um... Simon, there is a great leaping to battle or lunch or perhaps tea. <laughs> if he had the right shoes, it would have been okay. <laughs> you know, he was not light in his loafers. No. So, um, right. So you hear him starting to talk down below. What would you like to? What would you like to do? Um, I will shout down, I'll shout down at him for his, uh, his rude manner of introducing himself to a, to a person who's passing by. Where's his decorum gone? This isn't how we do things around here. And, uh, then I'll go down to see what all the noise is and make sure there's no trouble. Now, do you go down in a, in a elegant, regally way? Or do you also leap off the cliff? Because, well, no, of course, show, I'm, I'm, up, show I'm, up, show up the whippersnapper. A uh, gentleman always climbs down carefully. You mustn't okay. soil your brogues on the way down. Okay. Now, um, I assume to this point that you're up to about four sabers or something. So you know you have to. Are you are you properly attired for the occasion? I'm I'm very very properly attired with all the all the best finery. But the problem is it's all quite threadbare, quite old. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's been well worn. Okay. Um, for both of you, and also uh, Xanatari, um, since you were expecting the mind connection, you are not feeling attacks, but you do feel um, you're trying to link up to a somewhat distance in terms of memory group mind here. Um, kind of get the protocols working to get the communications going, but you can start to all of you can start to feel that you would be able to communicate mentally if you wish to. That just seems rude um, for Zanatari, who hasn't really been back home for years. I assume how many years has it been? Like three years or something? Been traveling? I don't remember. I believe, you were, I believe the active adventure has been three years, but I think that you were out beforehand because it's your, your past as far as where you got training as a battle cleric is unclear at this point. Okay, so 
probably five years or something like that. So it's been a while since she's uh shaken <coughs> shaken shaken hands with the uh sort of collective consciousness idea and used to being by herself and alone and you know, at least in her own head. So she was not gonna reach out and just be like, Hey everyone, let's talk. Okay. So what are you doing to uh, protect yourself, or what is what is your mental landscape that you are presenting at this point in time? I'm going to convert my bastion of mental clarity so that it doesn't um, have a, a response like a trap or anything like that would injure, um, but just sort of keep a surface level, you know, hey, this is who I am, but not really let anyone in to the point where they can consider any memories of things I've done or really get to know me that well. Okay. All right. Um, would you give any indication, though, that you are from this group? I mean, don't I look racially like them? I mean, we're all Kalashtar. I assume there's something, like, racially that's different about us. Um, it may be a matter of, in, in terms of the Kalashtar, the explanation that you've given to this point in time, I don't know if it's similar to sort of the Greek city-state ideals where each city-state has their own belief that they are the best or this particular group, or just as a whole against the darkness, you know, you are one of the people. I don't think it's that large. I mean, I think we're only talking about, um, you know, 5,000 people or less as a race, so I don't think it's, like, factionized at this point. It, it seems against the tenets of the Kalashtar to do that. So um, considering that there's probably different, like, segments of the city that live different places and have different experiences, but everybody being able to sort of sense each other and sort of feel the other person and all that is going to, create more of a society where you, you know, foster good relationships because you don't want to have like this to deal with the suffering of somebody that's poor and hungry, you know, okay. so kind of everyone's at the same level, essentially. Okay. Then both of you will be able to understand that she is a member of the Kalashtar, but that she is being guarded. But again, none of you recognize her from your own past experiences. Simon, do you wish to give a proper introduction while uh, the paladin heals himself? or <laughs> Yes. Um, I will give myself a very grandiose uh, introduction stating my bloodline and all the battles I'd appeared in and the adventures I'd been on and basically ramble on for about five minutes introducing myself whilst trying to get an idea who this person is who I've uh, I've never met before. Basically filling time by talking and trying to see if they remind me of anyone I may have known or any uh, any of their ancestors potentially. Okay. But just and draw a blank. Any 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 highlights as far as titles or campaigns or whatever that you would <laughs> care to share? Uh, I beat off ten direwolves at once. Furiously. With uh, two savers. Hey. <laughs> this was after uh, a great deal of uh, mead as well. So uh, I had this extra mead power. Yes, black, black, black tower mead. <laughs> then, then, then you would, then would you, would you clearly note then that she has a direwolf with her, or were you fighting perhaps, you know, squirrels and uh, have never seen a direwolf? Um, they may have been squirrels. It's all dependent on the mead, really. Sometimes things can get mis misleading. Okay. Very good. So then, uh, Xanatar, you now know that uh, you have someone before you who apparently could slay Winter um, should she get out of line. So this is perhaps a an, an old man, but you have learned to trust from Cesar that all old men may not be... Um, if I was going by Cesar, I would know that all old men are womanizing lechers and create things out of gears. Okay. <laughs> well, this one, can apparently, this one can apparently kill direwolves, too. Okay. Okay. So, going back, um, you've used some curative magic, and your legs are once again uh, not splintered. Bah. And uh, you can kind of pry yourself out of the... Uh, out of that bit of mud that you were lucky enough to land in without uh, crippling yourself. I'm sure that bit of mud helped you after a 25-foot fall. So, yes. Um, so the first thing I do is notice that she's um, a member of our group, uh, but she's being guarded, like you said. Um, 
and I try and notice any crests or emblems on her armor or the shield or clothing, anything I can find to figure out exactly where she's from, but can't figure out anything, so she's a complete mystery so far. <laughs> Damn you, woman. Um, and obviously laughing at uh, Sir Braddles with his lovely story, making sure that everything's fine and dandy with lady. I try to not laugh too visibly, because it's, it's not fair on the Lord. He might, you know, he might tell the rest of the paladins that I mocked him. Not a very really good idea. Um, so, noticing the block, I try and find a way to make sure that she's at ease. So, um, I laugh, point at my fixed legs, and just uh, extend a hand of friendship and see if she accepts. I would accept his hand of friendship, after all, you know, we're all family in some ways. And shake his hand, kind of nod at him seriously, thank him, and, you know, take a look at his newly healed legs and make sure he's okay. Uh, I don't have to give him any <laughs> basic healing either. And uh, turn to Lord Reddington, is that right? And uh, give him a very, like, genteel sort of half-bow in my plate armor. And, uh, and thank them both for coming to greet me so politely. By the way, um, Bert does not seem to be reacting hostily to either of them. Bert is the name of the stone. Okay. Bert destroyed a city a couple episodes ago. He was having a good day. It's possibly sentient. Uh, and Winter is not reacting badly to any of them. Winter's the dire wolf. Winter is defensive of you, but since you are not drawing weapons and Clyde seems, you know, less interested than usual, Winter just kind of seems to be content to be stuck next to you. Um, any proper introduction from the Paladin? Proper introduction, let's see. Well, uh, I still try to remain a bit cautious, so I don't want to give away too much without knowing where she's from. So I just say that... Uh, I'm from a small order of paladins, um, assigned to this particular noble family, making sure that they are protected on this journey. And really not much after that, until I have no more. All right, so the ball is tossed firmly back into your court sanitary. Uh, I would tell them that we, and I sort of gesture back, you know, half a mile behind me where you know, the squirrel is still wandering back and forth across the road like a drunken, you know, person and, and says are strapped to it, like slumped over. I, I would say that we have come uh, from Winterhaven, which is a city far to the west. A small, it was a small trading city, but it's, it's gotten uh, substantial since we left. Um, and I have returned to the Kalashtar after about five years to make sure that I give back to the community, the memories I've gathered. Okay. Um, so, I would say that, uh, obviously, I've noticed the battle-worn armor, so I'm going to ask, have you been in the battle recently, or is this uh, over a long, long period of time? Uh, in the last five years, we've had several, several battles, and she'd kind of smirk quietly to herself. <laughs> Um, yes, it's it's well used and served me well so far. Bits have been replaced over time. And sort of kind of looking sideways out of her eyes toward the center of, you know, the, the canyon and, and toward the, the city. She would kind of just be, be kind of indicating that she wants to move on. Cool. Um, then I would say I'd look at, uh, towards uh, my lord... Braddington, got it, um, and uh, suggest that we should ask if they need any supplies and offer any assistance. Um, yes, it's a very good idea. It's a wonderful idea. It's, uh, it's actually exactly what I was thinking. So yes, we should in fact ask if they need supplies and assistance. Do you need supplies and assistance? No, no, I think we're okay. Uh, just a place to sleep would be nice, and uh, possibly some rest after a long journey. By the way, now that you are looking at, you know, not a peer in terms of nobility, but a, a peer in terms of uh, an apparent fighter, uh, my lord, um, 
Do you wish to size her up in terms of your skill versus hers or any, you know, witty wisdom bits or just, you know, actually snap to enough to uh, let her move on? Um, I'd be interested in hearing some of her more more heroic feats, see how they stack up against my own. Okay. So it appears, Anatari, that you are going to be allowed past, but you are going to have company walking with you, unless they fall off a cliff or some other mm-hmm. um, large items. I guess along the way, as we're walking, I would tell him the tale of the Keep of the Shadowfell. Uh, so he has sort of the, one of the beginning journeys that we began to have. I don't know if you want to sum that up, Dungeon Master, or you want me to sum it up. I think you summing it up would be a lovely but thing. Of course you do. Um, okay, outside of Winterhaven, there is a rundown keep that used to be populated by a paladin who was gone to the dark side, very, very sad. And uh, things began to come out of this keep that were nefarious and worshipped a dark god. Um, shoot, what's his name? Did you remember Dar- his name? Darkus. Orcus. Orcus. Close, very close. Orcus. And uh, that we learned that the reemerging of this Orcus cult would be very bad and bring death to the area, so we went down to figure out what was going on with this. While we were there, we found the resurrected Dark Paladin, who decided that he would give us a little show, and uh, <laughs> and we found Orcus's hand, the giant hand of a dead god, reached through the portal and tried to, to uh, kill us, and then we escaped and the whole keep fell apart, and everything was fine. The end. She says with the casualness of spreading marmalade upon toast. <laughs> it was the first time we encountered Orcus. Now, um, you would know the name Orcus being a paladin of the lights. That is some big juju. Right. So, um, my, I'd be very impressed with this feat, obviously, seeing Orcus and not dying uh, or being obliterated into a thousand particles in the sun. Uh, I'm more interested on in the Dark Paladin. I'd like to know if she knows who it was and uh, how he fell. Um, yes, sort of. Like I'm supposed to know this information, but it was a year and a half ago, so I'm not sure I remember. Um, he was one of the paladins of Winterhaven, and then something happened to his wife. What, Dinzian? Suddenly, yeah. my memory just comes back to me in the form of a man speaking, and he says... In terms of a dramatic monologue, no, um, the Fallen Paladin was the former commander, captain of the Keep of the Shadowfell, back when it was uh, non-corrupted. A cult infiltrated and pretty much worked its way inside, sort of, if you've seen the more recent uh, Captain America. I'm sorry, the point for spoiler time is over with. So deal with it. Fast forward 10 seconds if you need to. But it's kind of like did the Hydra thing on uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, infiltrated the keep. Figured it would be a good place. There was some um, energy below the keep that they wanted to tap into. And they managed to assassinate a large portion of the guard, including the family of the um, commander. The commander did some horrible acts of revenge. Some may say justified, but within the Paladin Code, they were not. So he was uh, left to haunt the keep, um, not necessarily trying to drive the cult out because he was somewhat locked in an area, but not necessarily able to help anyone that was coming down. He essentially needed to challenge everyone and so forth. It was kind of a a tragic tale gone tragic gone... Something along the way. I think at some point someone mocked him and it was had a good laugh over it because he couldn't do much about it. Going back to you. Cool. Um, so in response to this, uh, I'd like to say that I'm happy that she escaped the dark evil and uh, returned to the good light because, you know, it guides our path and it is always there. And it's kind of nice and glowy. Kind of like the thing that she has, which is glowing, and I'm very interested in seeing exactly what that um, obelisk style object is. So I just come out and ask exactly what is that beautiful light object? 
Ah, Bert. There's lots of stories with Bert, too, which Tinsley's going to tell you about how I acquired Bert. Now, by the way, just as an aside, I don't know if I mean an obelisk or a menhir or however you say I it. I thought of it like a sphere, but you think it's now an obelisk. It's it's sort of like, um, I don't know, have, have either of you read the Asterix and Obelisk um, comic book series growing up? It's, yes. that, it's that sort of thing that's always carried on the back, and it's, it's called a mahir, but I don't know if it still counts as an obelisk. Who the hell knows? Minifil. Yes, okay. It's yeah. kind of a... It's sort of a teardrop-shaped, long, extended teardrop-shaped item. This is dreading what the ion stones look like, or they're sort of a elongated oval. We encountered uh, it in the dungeon, do we not, when we went down with... Um... The very first time where we encountered the golem whose heart we took, and it was just like in a room, and it seemed to respond well to me. I think it was in a, a chest or something we picked. We we got it in a treasure of some sort. I think it was before the. Uh, I think it was before Razor came around. The mechanical yes. thing. I think it was much further on. But yeah, it was found. Um, it made light. She she can't see. She couldn't see. So it was casting light enough that. Um, yeah, I had turbo low light vision. Everyone I was with was all elfy with amazing eyes and stuff, and I was stumbling around in the dark, so we sort of ran into this, and it helped me not be an idiot. It's, it's, not, it's not to mock her, but it, it gave her comfort in the dark, and uh, has later on proven that there's hints of sentience within um, this thing, but it uh, laid waste to an entire drow city. So pretty much turned the place with a giant laser um, and blasted it all over the place. Yeah, it got that was accidental though. That wasn't my fault. It sort of got corrupted and taken over and uh, merged with a sphere of annihilation, I believe. Yes, and there's hints that it's actually superior intelligence and it's putting up with us, like we're small animals of pets. It talked once. That was a fun episode. So now it's it's. Before it discovered, then it had some degree of movement. It's a very enigmatic thing. He's a base Englishman when it talks. Yeah. Or like, at some point in time, a, uh, an Americanized Indian guy. <laughs> <coughs> Who does not sound in any way Indian, but still seems to describe himself in the color palette of all improper Indian. That was just the voice actor. That wasn't the sound. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so there's a lot of fantastical things here, uh, my lord, that, uh, you're hearing, and they are quite more fantastical than some of yours. Do you wish to counter with a fantastical story that may entitle you to some degree of worthiness to continue to walk at her side? Or slink off into some threadbare hovel? I should say, your keep of the awesomeness. Sorry to describe it like that. You really leave me no choice. Um, <laughs> I think uh, at this point, the uh, Lord Brabington decides to recount the story of uh, the time many, 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 many years ago when he and uh, and just just his liege, just the two of them, laid siege to an entire city on their own for a period of months. Uh, and of course, the story gets more and more dramatic and fantastical. Uh, unsurprisingly, the people of the of the city were forced to live on shoes because they ran out of food as well. It's like a recurring theme. Um, and, uh, go on. He'll he'll just continue to elaborate on this on how he single handedly, with the help of his liege, uh, managed to lay siege to an entire city. Now, the wonderful part of this is that uh, due to the group memory, both the Paladin and Xanatari will understand that what he's speaking of is the time, because there is a lake nearby, that um, as younger lads, um, they were, because they were similar social strata, kind of, um, they invented something called, or encountered something called, a sand castle. <laughs> made a series of them upon the shore of said lake and proceeded to, well, as boys will be boys, uh, indeed lay siege to said sandcastles, and it was much swinging of sticks and so forth. But did he eat shoes? That's the important part. That part is hazily a corrupted memory. Uh, how unfortunate. But it did involve a period of loafing off. Uh. Okay. 
Sinatari, to you. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> Sinayan, tell me about your your section of paladins. I don't. Uh, I have limited knowledge of them, as I left when I was fairly young, and uh, don't really know much about them. So, tell me about your paladin uh, core group. Well, Sinayan is very happy that she got uh, his name right. So um, obviously he thinks that she's flirting with him, you know, because that's what paladins do. Um, so now I'm actually feeling a bit more uh, at ease with her, making sure that um, I'm not too concerned about her order that I don't understand completely yet. So I describe my my lovely order paladins and just uh, basically, like I said earlier, a small group where we are trying to harness the power of the light in a slightly different battle way we're more repelling the enemy before they get to us because we're trying to avoid using weapons unless needed the color red on my shield and clothing isn't that appealing really more sexy <laughs> why is the color red not appealing well it's a pattern thing yellow yellow is a color okay hey um, do you disagree no yellow is definitely a color good 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 <laughs> you know, we had a giant spider once that uh, my friend rode. His name was Fluffy. Do you think if he kind of came near you guys, you would repel him, or would you let him go safely? A spider? I love spiders. This one's as big as, a, big as a house, by the way. At one point, it was covered with glowing fairy effect, fire, fire effects, so it was entirely highlighted in neon. Ah, well, that would distract from the uh, insane stories about shoes. So, yes, I would definitely welcome the spider. <laughs> of course, like, what could possibly go wrong? What would have, you know, of course you'd welcome them. <laughs> of course, giant spiders running through the city, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Small children gambling between their giant pinchers. No, it could be a good spider. We can make sure it's uh, not biting children, just licking them. Do the spiders have tongues? Oh. They do now. <laughs> Weird uses and concepts for proboscis. Five points for uh, scientific decorations. I hopefully can get my currency uh, guffaw. Race yeah, for that that's one. what it is. You're going to throw biological terms around to make sure that you make up for euros. I'm an engineer, not a finance. Finance. <laughs> I don't know. Person. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was it was. I was going to use the term wonk, but uh, then I then I flash forwarded to the uh, the Monty Python movie that had the um, financial house that was going around pillaging other financial houses, and thought that was kind of cool. So I didn't want to like completely besmirch all of finance. Please tell me you've seen that sanitary. Has anyone else seen that? I have vague memories, yeah, from growing up in England. But yeah, mm. you're, you're forced to watch them uh, from really? birth. Yes, <laughs> I believe I believe that encompasses encompasses your first two uh, grades of school. Is an entire uh, yes, it's Monty Python studies. It's, and uh, is, it's isn't what the modules called? Until he walks, is it required? Yes, of course. Yeah. Now, mu music classes, of course, nothing but Def Leppard and Pink Floyd. So, no, yes. we learn about we learn about Christianity from Life of Brian. <laughs> You know, I made the mistake. I'd never seen that movie before, and I'd seen the other ones, and they were fine, you know. And I watched Life with Brian with my parents. That's the first time I ever saw that movie. How, how was that? It was about <laughs> ten minutes until absolute awkward level was achieved. The fact that you made it ten minutes in and it wasn't the credits is pretty damn amazing. <laughs> By the way, what the hell is Freddy floating on? Is he on your chair? And okay, he's on the chair. Never mind. I was like, my chair. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, um, you're getting near the end of this episode. So, is there anything that you guys would want to ask of her before she eventually, you guys eventually drop her off somewhere where she can get some rest and a bit of peace from shoes and light? No more oh. shoes and light. Is that, enough. Oh, is that squirrel going to be okay, or should we bring it in? Um, you should probably see if you can wake the rider, and he'll bring it in. Um, he's quite the character. 
<sighs> Am I going to have to subdue him? I think if you bring some buxom women with you, he will follow you anywhere. Women. Uh, is he okay if I give him black town meat? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure to take uh, some paper with me just in case he does anything bad. Okay. Also good. good. Perfect. No? Uh, Simon? Um, I will ask lots of general vague questions about what's going on in the, the wider world because I haven't traveled quite as far as uh, Xanatari for quite some time. So I'll be trying to get information on all the great cities that I haven't visited in, in eons. Okay. Partially to that effect, you will realize that the sooner she gets some rest and is able to meet with uh, whoever handles the memories of the Kalashtar in that portion, you should have quite an interesting volume to mentally read through here in short order. So, It'll be good. Any final comments from you, Xanatari? Because um, we've had this honored escort. Yes, I would thank them for their company and prepare to proceed into the inner section of uh, the city and hope that they enjoy a more thorough uh, review of some of the experiences that McCarthy has had to still get to experience them all firsthand. And I'm sorry. And yeah. So before we conclude the episode, how about... Simon, you tell people where they can possibly come if they want to play Ghost Recon Phantoms. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in playing Ghost Recon Phantoms, uh, just log into Steam and just look it up. You can download it from there and install it. It's free to play, so anyone can just check it out. It's oh, on PC right much. now, but will it be on Xbox PS4 at all? I can't possibly comment on that for the time being, but currently it's PC only. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it or anything for people or just make them sure. curious Face enough to... With guns. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tactical third-person shooter in the vein of the other, all the other Ghost Recon games. It's squad-based, so you have three distinct classes. You have your assault, which is very much like your tank or your warrior class. You have your support, which is very much a support class, and then the recon, which is very much like an assassin, so... It's kind of a stealth class, very squishy, but it's all about the interplay of the three classes and coordinating. It's a very tactical experience, so it's very not run and gun. So if you're someone who's into squad-based gaming, right, I think it's something you might like. And and, and what do you prefer? What do you prefer? Uh, I'm a recon because I'm sneaky and horrible, and I like to get in behind people's backs and uh, backstab them and kill them. Yeah. Well, mine is more done with a sniper rifle, but I will accept yeah. the backstab from my rogue playing days, so... Yeah. Uh, 5,000 experience points to you for a proper class selection. Thank you very much. And Harry, the dancer, tell us about oh, Yes, Harry, the, the useless dancer. So, uh, yes, get Just Dance 2014. Uh, get it on the Xbox One, don't get it anywhere else. Connect. As much as I despise Microsoft, the Connect 2 is actually good. It's quite annoying. So quite annoying. how do you QA that? Do you really have to dance? I really have to dance. I'm still a fat git, so I'm clearly not doing well. Um, yeah, I, I, have, I have my minions who, if they ever hear this podcast, they'll destroy me, especially Jen. I have uh, four minions, and they dance for me on command when I play the first. Do you do yell dance, monkey dance? Uh, yes, I even have a T-shirt that uh, says, what does the fox say? And four foxes crying. Uh, kind of describes my, my testers. Is 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 there, is there is there any use of the slave Leah costume as punishment for during the dancing? <laughs> Do you have a whip? Do you know, I wish I did. I wish I did. That would be fantastic. But I'm sure HR wouldn't allow me to do that. <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. I I do make them listen. I have a problem. I listen to pop music when I work, so uh, I put it loudly. So all the songs they they work on just dance every day. They hear them coming from my headphones, and it drives them absolutely mad. <laughs> You, you you don't reward them by playing eighties bad eighties pop. No, no, no. They don't get rewards. They they <laughs> they bribe me with bounty. They actually buy me bounty chocolate bars and try and bribe me nicely. Cool. I, I like this. Hence the fat git. So yes, I know. Also, yeah. when you're gonna do a, a Slayer edition of Just Dance? Uh, <laughs> that is underground. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, it's, we we tried that, but we found that when people do this only, um, it's actually kind of easy. <laughs> I would like I would like to see the Just Dance uh, routine for uh, Metallica's uh, Sanitarium. Yeah, if that should ever uh, happen because that would start out slow but then go quite crazy. I think it's time I, I spoke to the San Francisco guys and we partnered with Rocksmith. Rocksmith yeah. Just Dance that would be kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, for both of you, just because uh, we like to throw in some random chaos, uh, if you have some time, look up um, Puddles Pity Party on YouTube, and uh, watch some of his stuff. Oh, uh, he's got, he's got, it's a seven-foot clown, and he is amazing. He does some Metallica stuff that's quite good, but uh, a bunch of other things. But that'll blow your mind. All right. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes or find us on Twitter at DeathD4. Please take a listen to the Great Area Podcast at Genesee.com and join us next week for a worldwide adventure at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Genesee. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. It's been emotional. I'm going to miss you. <laughs>